Shit bara Elohim et hashamayim va'et ha'eretz. Seven words in Hebrew, the beautiful beginning to a beautiful book. Genesis is about God. We're going to try something new here at Five More Minutes, where we're going to do a series different than what I'm preaching on, which will be an interesting challenge, but it came from my teenage daughter asking me to send her a Bible verse a day. And while that might be easy for some of you, I have the spiritual gift of overthinking, and so I decided I wanted to teach her more about theology than perhaps she meant when she asked me to do that. And the way that I chose to do it was to send her one verse from each book of the Bible in order. We're almost done, so it's been about a year since she asked. Not a year. Anyway, I'm going to do the same thing with five more minutes. I'm going to go book by book through the Bible, spending about five minutes talking about each book, why they matter, what's beautiful and good about them, what it teaches us about God, hopefully encouraging you to read them, or better yet, allow them to grip you and your imagination and your mind, and even expand them. Genesis is a lovely book, known to many Christians, Jews, uh, any student even of literature probably has some familiarity with Genesis. Genesis is disorienting because sometimes it will go, the, the camera will be as far away from the earth as in any book of the Bible, perhaps except Revelation. And then it'll zoom in very close to give us odd, specific details, whether that be about Noah after the flood or the reality of some of the sins of the sons of Jacob. But Genesis is about God. It's about God. Genesis is often um, inappropriately manhandled in order to answer questions of when and how was the world made. But the purpose of the book, especially the first 11 chapters, is who and why. How and when are important questions, but who and why are also important questions. And so as we approach the book of Genesis and attempt to allow it to expand our imaginations and remind us of the most fundamental truth of the gospel, that there is a God who exists and we are not him. He created all of this out of nothing. The Latin is ex nihilo. And his creation was not because he was bored or lonely. In fact, Genesis has a lot to teach us about the Trinity then we're led to this beautiful understanding that God, in fact, created as an overflow of who he is. God created because he is a maker and a worker, and he can't but create and maintain beauty, goodness, and creation. And in allowing ourselves to be gripped by these truths and to let them wash over us as we read Genesis 1 and 2, which even Genesis 2 zooms in quite a bit on the creation of mankind, we want to avoid worrying too much about being right. Whether you believe the, old, the earth is an old, old thing or a young thing, Genesis would say to you, that question is not nearly as important as who did this and why. And what that then leads us to is, why us? Why humans? Why did God create Adam outside of the garden and then send him into the garden and give him Eve? What does it mean to subdue the earth? In our context, that's a somewhat negative word, but what God was saying was, fill the earth and take care of it. 
The reformers have always understood this to mean build schools and care for the environment. Build cultures where humans can flourish. This is all out of Genesis 3 and 4. And of course, sin enters in chapter 3. And immediately God says he will send someone to contend with the snake and crush his head. And of course, that someone is Jesus. The Christology in Genesis is, is mild. We have the rest of the Bible for that. And yet the creation and what it tells us about God and the Trinity and the world and its goodness is important. One last thing. Some of the more colorful stories in the Bible come from the book of Genesis, especially the first 11 chapters. And what we want to watch out for when we're reading those stories is the heart and emotions of God as described by himself, penned by Moses under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. For instance, the flood can could come across to us as an angry story, and yet the anger of God doesn't show up until Exodus, which we'll get to next week. It, in fact, grieved God that humanity was so violent and horrific and abusive to one another and to the earth that he had to do that. The dominant emotion there is grief. I'll leave it at that for now. I hope that you're encouraged. God wants us to live and not die. God created the world and called it good. And while there is still a curse, we have the opportunity to continue to care for the earth and its beauty because that is what he calls women and men to do. 